Welcome everyone to Morning Wong Chat. We are on episode 46. It's been so many, we're getting closer and closer to 50. I feel like I should do something special for 50. I know I keep saying this, but I still have no idea what I'm doing. Sorry if I sound kind of funny too. I, I just explained to Erica too. Um, there's balls in my mouth. <laughs> I'm uh, drinking boba and um, it's great. You guys should uh, try it if you never tried boba and milk tea. Anyway, uh, today we are talking to Erica. Uh, Erica, is she? I feel like I'm hoping I'm saying it right. I don't know. I'll let her correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she's a great actress. Uh, she was voice acting, um, but I also know her as a crazy girl who I see running around convention all the time. Good crazy, don't worry. She's really fun, really energetic, just an awesome person in general. Uh, so yeah, she's great. And I would love to you know catch up with her because of Falcon, I haven't seen her in a while. So anyway, I can see her now and it's exciting for me. All right. Hey, Erica, what's up? Hi, Martin. Hello, everybody. Um, man, it is so good to see. We, we were talking about this, how, how nice it is for us to just sit down and have a chat that's not at a crowded party or mm -hmm. at a con where we're both working and we're like, hi, bye. That's usually uh, the case. Yeah, every time I see you, just like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, all right, got to go. Huh? Run, boom, gone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think we were saying that the last time that we actually got to sit down and have an actual conversation was at a Christmas party two years ago, maybe. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Anytime before yeah. that or after that was just like high and bye on the go. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That is the life of, of, a, of a sort of nerd creative uh, mm -hmm. is that cons are work for you. And so yeah. while they're super fun and you do get a lot of great hang time in with friends, it's you're on constantly. You're on constantly is, and you're on the run constantly going from one appointment to the next one. And then uh, at the end of the day, even when you're all sort of relaxing at a bar or something, it's you still got to stay sharp because yes. your bosses mm -hmm. are around. And I know? think people don't understand that. Like people who go to cons and go to events for fun, it's like, it's great. It's, of course, it's amazing. They get to check out the latest game. They get to see, you know, all this cool stuff, like bigger than life size figure, like all the stuff they have at a convention. But for us, it's like, Cool, cool, cool. But we need to jump to the next meeting, or like we need to do the next handshake and meet the new people, and it's, it's exhausting. I mean, like you also started. You started going to cons as a fan back in the day too, mm. right? I started uh, long ago you when I first started cosplay photography. That's how I got started. So you started as a professional, because for me, mm -hmm. I I started. I went. I used to go to Anime Expo and Comic-Con just as a fan. And so I remember waiting in the lines to play games or, uh, you know, clamoring for swag, like going around with a swag bag or waiting in line for panels. Uh, so yeah, I, I had the whole sort of fan experience and then it slowly uh -huh. transitioned into, you know, uh, suddenly I was starting to be on panels and then suddenly I was like working events, you know? Mm -hmm. um, oh, also booth babing in there was, oh, yes. was like, there at some point um you know because your so, friends all run booths so one good thing is that now like that we've been the professional scene for so long one good thing is that i don't have to do lines uh like get in line anymore that is a one right, good right. benefit terribly <sighs> spoiled when it comes to lines it's like what there's like a 10 minute wait for that i'm not I'm gonna out. wait for that <laughs> Screw you know, that. i'll just like get a press bag later or something That's which is I really terrible See, that's why we're so like, mad about like E3. Like I, like, here's the thing. We don't mind like 
packed whatever it makes sense you know it's a interactive experience for fans for like anyone but e3 is very much for business and then they reopen it back for public and that got frustrating because you have a lot of entitled people who run around and demanding their swag and then like running into us and like we're in their way when they should be like i don't know in school (laughs) it's like weekday so like that's the thing is it's you know i know the the argument on the other hand is that it's like really elitist not to let the general population in but i i would agree as somebody who's done both actually mm-hmm. my first three i snuck in um <laughs> i was on a date uh but i would say that you know for e3 when you're running around yeah it's it's work like you're trying to get you're trying to get content trying to do interviews you're trying to make it to appointments um mm-hmm. you it's it's not as awful as it is you're not there to enjoy yourself i mean i do like i love e3 yeah. and i will never get tired of it and i mean we're also going to have to work back around to the idea of what conventions are going to look like mm-hmm. after this but it's just yeah, it's it's a lot, and and you're you're tired, and um, you're you're hard at work, and E three is such a madhouse, and then you know uh, to have it have it be open to general public, um, it just you know makes it that much harder to get around or to like sort of concentrate on work, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I love the consumer shows like PAX and uh, you know like a well GDC is more like trade show as well but yeah oh yeah uh, but gdc would be boring i feel like for public as well i mean it is kind of half public half industry uh, there that that i know that need a lot of people are are clamoring for change in gdc but Mm -hmm. you know uh, just the general uh conventions for consumers and for fans i think are, are super great but i think that e3 should still be reserved for uh, people that have to conduct the business there. I feel like Um, the solution is what Gamescom does, which is like the first two days are for industry, you know, and then the next... I think uh, they still do that for E3. Do they? No, I feel like not. I feel like once... I don't remember. There's a couple of industry-only days. I think. Not sure. I know they have hours for media. The first hours for media. But then I feel like after that is public. I don't think they've done it yet because yeah, I remember I, I feel I feel a form to let them know saying, "Hey, I think it make more sense even if you don't do like at least do it like this, right? You can either have first two day for industry and then the sec like the next two days or so four days totals, then the you know the last two days for both industry and public, or you can be yeah. like every day is um the first four hours or three hours are industry only and then then it's public, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, just something to to allocate time for for people who are working, but yeah. Um, but I just like right now. I just kind of miss. I miss conventions. It's kind of nice to have a break. Um, <laughs> but I just my re- my heart really goes out to everybody that made their living doing conventions. Oh yes, I was just you talking know, to a friend time. yesterday, and uh, he made a costume for this cosplayer to wear. They're supposed to go to like four or five big trade show this year for that. Uh, yeah, but they only went to PAX East and then bam, done. No more. Yeah. yeah. So I don't PAX think PAX East was the last time that I went to, and that was like just on the edge of, mm-hmm. of everything. I yep. think it was last. I remember wearing, I wore a mask on the plane. Nobody else was wearing a mask, you know, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the Asian yeah. culture thing. 
Yeah, um, my parents were already I, calling me like, you know, before the whole shutdown. It's like, this is very serious, Martin. Take it seriously. Wear a mask. Yeah, buy toilet paper. Do all the stuff. Yeah, my aunt, um, she was, she was in, uh, kind of, she was in Hong Kong. She was in Hong Kong at the time. Mm. And so like, yeah, she was, she was saying like, yeah, take this seriously. So, you know, um, I don't know. And I, it's, it's, we're all I, kind of trying to be there as a community for each other digitally now, which is, you know, not the same working oh. on, on some levels and not on some others, I think, you know, it's, I feel like an old man when I tell people who haven't been to convention before, I'm like, back in my day, this is what conventions <laughs> are like, you know, and showing them, you know, all this like fun stuff about convention. Uh, you know, you remember the paddles and the mm. paddles and like glomping, glomping. Glomping. Glomping uh, free hug signs. Yeah. I just, uh, like, a few weeks ago, I released a video, which is a secret project I was going to do the whole year, but I didn't get to do it because, you know, convention is not a thing oh. right now. But I was going to do a uh, tilt shift photography, which is, like, any, everyone looked like miniature, miniature figures. And I was going to go to each convention to do a video, a time-lapse video of people walking around, but they look like very small figures, like you would see us in, like, a toy. Uh but yeah, I didn't get to do it anymore, but that is a very good showcase of see how everyone's running around, how people are so packed together, especially I got yeah. some impacts ease. But uh, I was like, oh, that seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does. I cannot believe that that was, that was this year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if we even saw each other there. Martin and I like, tend to go to the same conventions and sometimes we'll manage to run into each other on the floor. One glorious year at E3. Uh, God, what was that? That Was that last year? That was last year. Um, and you, you uh, I, so. I was like, hey, I've got access to the CD Project Red is very kind. They've been Which like, I was going to say, this chair is freaking awesome. I just saw it. I was like, yeah, I need to talk about it. Look at, look at, and then the other side is the the, wow. Uh, they're so sweet. So they've been sending me Did you have a jacket strap. too? The jacket too with that? Yeah, I got jacket the jacket. Mm. Uh, we got the jacket from the uh, from the activation and E3. And so they had built the whole cyberpunk bar. There was like two bars and it was just like made to look exactly like cyberpunk. Uh, mm -hmm. And they had the cosplayers there. And so Martin, uh, he, I was like, hey, Martin, like I've got access to the lounge and I'm wearing something cyberpunky. Can we go shoot there? And you just so kindly did. And I love those photos so much. They, they remain like some of my favorite photos ever. That was fast this though, because um, for those of you who haven't seen it, but those photos were shot with the phone because I didn't have my camera with me at that oh, moment. You didn't have your camera, but just it was with your, with your phone and you just like touch them up in Lightroom, just right there. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, ugh, you're just, it's, I always see those articles about how, you know, it's photographers are what make the camera good, you know, because like if I took a really nice DSLR, I couldn't get anything out of but it. It's but it's easy. Like, Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Mad, mad, mad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, I, I love your photography. I love your photography. Thank you, thank you. And, now, just I'm trying to do more as well. I want to do more like surreal photography if I can get the chance to. But we'll yeah, see. I saw the one you did with Mari. The, yeah. uh, the dream. Oh my mm -hmm. god. That was fun shoot too. The good thing She's is that so I amazing. also have another behind the scenes video of that photo shoot. So I get to uh, show it later. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I haven't uploaded yeah. yet, but yeah. 
amazing to me because like you know uh i always have to sort of make my own content you know and and especially in isolation now um mm -hmm. and it's just like so much editing and posing and and just lighting and and it's so much and you're just such so a pro at it I, I, here's the thing like i wish i can spend more time focusing on just creating content but it's not always that easy to but i i know self like it's hard to be the person in front of the camera or like, you know, whatever the content is, but also behind the camera. Is it doable? Yes. Is it a lot of work? Heck yes. Like so uh, much work. I feel like, yeah, we kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that both of us sort of created what we do, yeah. like created our careers, right? I mean, like I, when you started out in cosplay photography, that wasn't really a thing. No, it is. I mean, technically, it's not really a thing, but it's not really a thing at all. We just have to like craft our path into whatever we're doing. Like, here's the scary part too. Like, I'm doing that right now myself. People've been asking me, so Martin's like, con's not really a thing right now. What are you doing? And even before con, I was like, before the end of, you know, the whole convention scene, the start of pandemic, I was already planning. Like, I'm trying to be a photographer but in the gaming space cosplay space whatever but also as a content creator influencer whatever you call it but the thing is that it doesn't really exist so either a uh, no one knows how to do it so i'm pioneering it or b yeah. it's not a thing because it's really nobody would care for it then is no then it's a lost cause so i'm like hopefully it's the first one not the second one so maybe i can <laughs> pioneer it as a thing so i mean i did that with cosplay so hopefully i can do that with this gaming space as well. Yeah, I mean, ab absolutely. It's it's so interesting too because especially in the gaming space, like con gaming content creators, like YouTubers or Twitch streamers, um, all have to sort of do everything for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. you just you have to be a predator, like you know the uh, like the producing, editing, directing, mm -hmm. uh, writer. <laughs> Yeah, script writing, and I don't know. Like I, I had, I've always grown up doing traditional acting, but I wasn't really making the inroads there that I wanted to, and I wasn't getting the roles that I wanted to, and so I had to sort of make my own thing. You know? I'm gonna sound like a broken record because uh, every time I have any Asian content creator come up on this stream, you know, when we do this podcast, I always talk about this. But it's kind of tricky to be Asian in the entertainment industry, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, especially I mean, for Asian male. Like I talked to Jimmy about this too, but it's just it's it's just tough in general. Like we, it's getting better. It's definitely getting better, but it's definitely not there yet. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, I mean, it's so incredible to see roles and films and even behind the camera, um, Asians and Asian Amer Asian Americans doing things that I never thought would be possible. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but. It's, yeah, there's still a long way to go. There's a lot of, you know, this is such an uphill battle for black and indigenous people of color, you know, mm -hmm. general, just marginalized groups. You know, yep, yep. Still, statistically, it's not diverse enough, but- It's, it's a grind. We it, all have to like keep going at it. <laughs> yeah, and we sort of started to make inroads for ourselves. Well, almost all of the Asian, actors I can think of, you know, at least in our circle, sort of made made their own way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they started their own YouTube channels or started streaming games on their own. Um, you know, I, I fully believe that, like, a lot of the Asian American actors that are big right now, you know, have gotten big because of, like, social media now mm-hmm. and content creation. Have you thought so about, rare. like, have you always used the same last name or when you first started, did you thought about changing your name or something? Interesting. You asked that. Um, I always use my last name. I think when I was younger, because I, I was a child actor, um, and I booked a lot. And then uh, because I'm part Chinese, <laughs> here's the thing, Martin. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever really talked about this much, but I, it, it's hard to kind of be mixed Asian um, American because, mm. uh, you know, I'm never going to, Asians are always considered the perpetual foreigner. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Usually they, they just, you know, no matter what people race you are, they just group us one foreigner, Asian, like foreigners. Yeah, yeah. yeah Asian. And I'm, I'm fourth generation American, mm. but I'm never going to be cons- like cast as all American. Mm. But then also, I'm, when I went to Japan, you know, they straight up, like an old guy at the 7-Eleven straight up told me, like, you don't belong here. You know, he's like, oh, and he said it in Japanese. He's like, oh, she's not really actually Japanese. Otherwise, she'd know this, blah, blah, blah. Um and so I'm like not Japanese enough, but then I'm not American. And then also I'm Chinese. And, you know, when I went to Hong Kong, my aunt's like, don't tell anyone that you're Japanese. Do not mm. tell anybody you're Japanese. And like in Japan, they were like, don't tell anybody that you're part Chinese. It's still a um, lot of uh, baggage from World War II. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, my, I think when I was younger, occasionally we'd have to use my Chinese last name for mm. when um submitting me for roles that were Chinese because otherwise they'd see a Japanese last name and assume that I was just trying to like, you know, ask mm. or something. Mm. Um and so when I signed with an agent, like at college, when I signed with a new agent, um, he asked, like, would you consider changing your last name to something less obviously Asian? So that mm-hmm. if when they see your name on the top of the pile, they don't assume that you have an accent or yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they you know, it's kind of, they'll, they'll make certain assumptions. And I said, no, I want to keep my last name. Mm. And I'm glad I did because I, I sort of, I will never know if it really impacted my career negatively or not. But that's the thing you know. too. Like, won't you wish, like, I, I mean, don't you wish you know, just knowing, not about actually doing it, but actually knowing, like, what would that difference make? And like, yeah. how crazy would that be because of just the name? Not have anything to do with your skill, your acting skill, or your actual performance, but just because your name would difference and how, how much it would yeah. change your career. No, and I'm very fortunate that I've gotten to play a lot of roles that are, you know, uh, incredibly interesting and well-rounded. Um, some of them happen to be Asian. Some of them, it didn't really matter that they were Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's more of a push for diversity. Um, they a lot of break, casting breakdowns will say if this this character is of Asian descent, we would prefer to have somebody of Asian descent voicing them, mm-hmm. um, which I which I really appreciate because. Uh, and there, but when there it was comes a- to voicing, does it matter though? See, that's the thing. That. 
people say like, oh, it shouldn't matter, but it really does, especially mm. for, you know, my black colleagues. Honestly, they're like, they will only be cast if the character is black or if the character looks like them. And, you know, they will be asked to speak more black or, you know, mm. Just mm-hmm. stereotypically, or you know, pigeonholed into roles, and with Asians in voice acting, it's still it's getting better, and there are many, many more roles available. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still like a lot of the roles that I end up getting cast in are Asian, or you know, do you have Asian to, American. Do you feel like you have to speak more Asian-like in some role? I'm not sure what does that mean, though. But like. Sometimes, yeah, like sometimes they do ask for an accent. They want like a Japanese or Chinese mm. accent. Um, Is it better than uh, like of diversity? Yeah, of- What's that? Is it better now that because they are trying to promote more diversity? Do you find that like maybe it's funny yeah. more beneficial? You know, yeah, I, I think, and and I'm I'm very fortunate because I feel like I only sort of got into voice acting seriously maybe a year and a half, about two years ago. And, you know, my agents have always been incredible. I let them know early on, you know, I don't want to play any, you know, I don't want to audition for like black or Latino or like indigenous parts. Um, And uh, they like supported that 100%. They will give me any role that they think is right for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like any role that's sort of in my wheelhouse of what I can do, um, regardless of, you know, if it's an Asian or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and there is, I see it more and more, like, we would like somebody of Asian descent, they do not have to have an Asian accent. Yeah, it's such it's a weird great. thing, especially if you're born and raised in America, for, you know, a lot of Asian American who are second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever generation, it's they would know a lot more English than they would with whatever language that's, you know, maybe their grandparents would know, you know, so. Uh, It's true. Um, I like for it's, it's happening less now, but in um, a lot of cases when I was younger growing up, I would have to have, they would request a Japanese accent for Mm -hmm. uh, auditions just because, you know, the character is like, actually Japanese or something. It's mm. it was a lot rarer to get a role that was Asian American. Mm. You know? Um, I think it's getting better, hopefully. Yeah, but it's getting it, it is. It is it is absolutely getting better. And I'm so fortunate to get both for voice acting and on camera acting auditions for just incredible diverse roles. Cause uh but I think one of the role that you did was that amazed me because you did uh, this Gundam thing, right? Yeah! Oh my yeah. god, that was so cool! Um, Tell me yeah, about it. Yeah, it was Michelle in a, in a Gundam uh, in Gundam narrative. So, and that was wild. And that's wild, like, getting to be part of franchises that I grew up with, like Gundam and Sailor Moon blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's wild. So it's wild. crazy because our things that we do, we did grew up with, and then like, wow, I get to be involved in something that's I know and love. It's like cool. I, I know it's it's you don't 
imagine that you'll ever get to work with the things. And you've done that too. You've gotten to work with companies that like you're a fan of too. And it's always, it's always a trip, you know? It is kind of because like, when you're doing it, you don't really feel it. It's really weird because I feel like it, I always feel the impact afterwards. Like maybe when you first got it, but or like after it, but not during. Because when during, you're like, I'm working it. I'm I'm working. And during, job. during, you're like a professional. You mm -hmm. you occasionally something will happen. You're like, oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but it really and, hits and, you right yeah. after, and it's like, wow, huh? How about that? I got to be part of this thing that I love a lot. I know, I know, and uh, you know, for me, like think. Yeah, like Sailor Moon and Gundam, and I think the big, a big, big one for me was The Last of Us, where I just did, you know, I did additional voices, you know, mm -hmm. I'm in the settlement, but it was wild because the first Last of Us is what inspired me to decide to pursue voice acting in in video games in particular. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do voice acting, and I always wanted, I always loved video games, but I played The Last of Us one and i realized that oh this is this is what i want to do this is what i meant to do and mm -hmm. hey, so here's the, here's the question here's my question uh for acting when you send in your video reel of course i feel like you can show more of you no know, expression your like your everything but i feel like for voice it's a bit trickier because like, you're going for straight up just about voice so what do they look for when they're looking for voice actors like what is that quality what, what is considered quality so it really depends, you know, I think the most important thing you can do as a voice actor is to make a strong choice and just stick with it. Hmm. Um, just like choose a character. And, and at the end of the day, it's about the acting, you know, I mean, you can have a particular quality of voice that they're looking for, or, you know, sort of like a specific, you know, uh, a tone or, or the range. But in the end, they really want to hear how you act. Mm -hmm. So it's the performance, and um, sometimes it's just—is it what they imagined, or and <laughs> or it's just that there's a certain something that they just pick. Um, so for people who are not in our industry, and I always say this too, it's like for any time you submit any role or you do any kind of a uh, submission uh, or uh, audition or anything like that, there's so many reasons why you might not get picked. You just pretty much just send it in it and you forget it and just let it happen. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, just, whatever. Next one. Yeah, and and I don't think they realize how much I failed. Oh life, yeah, you know? so much, so often. I just hundreds and hundreds, like probably at least a thousand auditions in my lifetime, at the very least. A thousand auditions, like on camera or voiceover, that I just like sent out into the void and heard nothing back about. And usually, I've gotten pretty good about just doing it and sending it and forgetting about it. Occasionally, a job will come around where you'll be right, like, please, please, "Oh God, please, I want please. this one," and you'll be obsessed about it. And like, there's there's like one or two where I'm just like, "That's the one that got away," you know. Uh -huh. And it like hurts me in my soul when I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you you do your best to just kind of let it go because there's always going to be the you next have one. To. Like it's not meant to be. A lot of people move to LA or SoCal and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna like do my audition. I'm gonna get the job and I'll be a big star." It's like it doesn't really work like that per se. You know, everyone's just assumed oh. that's how it goes. Like, eh, no, I mean they're hopeful, but like, eh, not really. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get that role, like that sometimes. one role that's, you know, makes you pop. It makes you a star. But even then, it's usually in at least a year of grinding, you know, of, of mm-hmm. failed auditions and, and, you know, scraping, scraping together. Like I remember having a day job, you know, and, and working in catering for a long time and, and just years of the sort of ramp up of, of building up a network and taking lessons and um, submitting and failures and like fib agents that didn't understand me. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a slog and I'm a lot more privileged than most people like you know to, to be transparent i had somebody's help and support for like a year like where i got to live rent free um nice. while i was working and everything but you know i still remember i was a pa for uh like a web show that i think mm. that's where i met when i first sort of met matt and marisha and mm. uh that's Allison cool. and folks um you know it's you know, I, you, dues you, you are everywhere though like i see you do so many things and there's sometimes i will watch like sometimes uh youtube clips will come up or like a show and i'm like <laughs> is that erica it's like, oh shoot that's erica like um was it college humor sometimes and sometimes yeah, like, yeah. Sundry, like that's everywhere and every once in a while like huh erica. i've been so so lucky to get to work with like the most talented people in the world it's so wild that we work with and like you are like one of the top cosplay photographers in the world thank you thank you i I, I mean and like some of my friends are (laughs) the best voice actors in the world Mm -hmm. and you know i know some of the best cosplayers in the world and like people who are literally in the top of their field and live here in la and we are friends with them and it's so wild to me and i have terrible imposter syndrome all the time we all do oh my god i talk about this all the time especially if anyone that do with like entertainment artists like anything it's just like am i really who i think i am i mean i i say i'm not you know but people keep trying to convince me like no you're doing great i'm like eh, i don't know i don't know about you're that like, you're so talented martin and you're a good dude uh, that's another thing is that like <laughs> everybody's so sweet they're so mm. nice because it's such a small industry that it's a very rare case in which somebody can be a jerk for long enough and get away with it. There's no right? point. It's like, even for a business standpoint, I feel like that's a bad idea. It's just a bad business. Why yeah, would you do that? A good person, but also, like, I mean, from a business standpoint, yeah, <laughs> it's just everybody talks and everybody knows each other. So, yep. mm-hmm. you know, it, things, word gets around. Nobody's, Easy, nobody's. Fast. Uh, everybody's really great. Everybody in voice acting that I know is is just so kind and welcoming and inclusive and, you know, are just doing their best to make the world better in their way. Do you think, like, the first, when you first got into it, was it very difficult because you didn't have, like, a, a resume or portfolio? But, like, now you do. Of course, you can, like, oh, I've done this, this, this. Of course, you send in your audition, but uh, you have all this already. You know, is it a lot easier because you know- of that? It was, I mean, because the thing is, is I, I was very fortunate in that, you know, I started working on, like, I would do a lot of little projects, you know, and it was like a ramp of like a lot of little indie games or like doing, doing jobs here and there or like little promos. And, 
just like a lot of that. And then I was lucky because a lot of the people like that I happened to work on certain projects with would be like, oh, I like your work and I like working with you. Mm-hmm. I'll recommend you for this other thing you can audition for. And I would know, I would I would meet, you know, game devs because I worked with game developers and they'd be like, oh, you do voiceover. Why don't you give me your demo? And like, you can audition for this next thing that I have coming up. Mm. And it was, I, that really fed the imposter syndrome because I'm like, oh, it's just because like I happened to be at the right place at the right time. But um, somebody told me that, um, you know, success is where luck meets preparation. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you, like for me, I had had years, like decades of theatrical training and, and you know, acting class. I went to, I went to the Strasbourg Method School. Mm-hmm. Um, I had improv training. I had taken voiceover classes. Um, I had paid, it's a very cost prohibitive hurdle to getting into the industry, um, but <laughs> I had gotten a demo made. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they asked for it, you know, I had a demo to hand them, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, I, I, on one hand, I'm extremely privileged to have been in the right place at the right time for a lot of moments um, and to have the connections in LA, but at the same time too, um, you know, I, I, was, I was ready. I was I was lucky that I was ready. Mm-mm-mm. And here's a funny thing too, and I say this all the time: a lot of things that we do do not require us to be physically be in LA. But I feel like we don't get those opportunities unless we're in LA, right? I like it's even for voice acting specifically, right? Yeah, you can just go to any place that can do recording. You don't have to be in LA to record something. There's sound booth like everywhere, no studio everywhere, but. It's weird. Like now, now that is the case. Now that is the case. Like because everybody's doing it from home and recording from home, but most of the time they need they will record you in a studio. You know, they're not going to like send a tech out to wherever you are, and like or there might not be like a studio that links up. Technically, yeah, mm. like voiceover could be done from a lot of different places, but you know, all the agencies are here. True. Um, you have to go into the studios here. Um, if you're doing cartoons or mocap, you know, there's the group reads. Um, mm. but, but yeah, most of the things, you know, like for instance, streaming. Streaming really, you could do it from anywhere in the world, but, you know, collabing, collaborating with and going to a lot of mirrors and like this sort of network and infrastructure is all in LA or San Francisco mm-hmm. or New York. Um, and so here's the thing it, too. People were so last minute all the time. They'll be like, "Hey, we got this thing. Um, can you come in like yeah. tomorrow?" Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I just can't imagine doing it, not doing it in LA. All yeah, this, like you know, people don't remember. Uh, they don't just. They, they. It's weird because I feel like if you're not in LA, people kind of forget you. Like they, but if you're here, they. Yeah. It's 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 really weird. It's just a. It's a community thing. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it's, I think you're right. I think it's that, you know, the, the idea of building community and you can have an online community, but there's something about seeing somebody in person and seeing 
when when we go 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 to the same events and the same conventions, we see each other, and you know, while we're while we're hanging out, we're like, oh yeah, like I love hanging out with you. We should work on something sometime. Like audition, uh, not audition, um, a premiere. Like we, I see you all the time in like every single movie premiere. It's right. like, oh hey, oh hey, Argus, there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's good, and and it's just kind of. I don't know, like keeps you fresh in everybody else's minds. And, and, you know, it's, there is something to be said about needing to separate work and play. Mm -hmm. And and like, I've been learning to set those boundaries in the past two years um, because I was, you know, I love what I do. I love all the different aspects of it and everybody that I am friends with. I also am fortunate enough to get to work with frequently. Um, But you also need like to rest your brain from work and hustle and being on. Speaking of of that, one thing I was talking to and our friends uh, from the gaming industry, sometimes it's really hard about making friends that you want it to be both as a friendship thing, but also as a business thing, right? Like some people might, let's say for in your case, right? They work for a gaming company, which they're also casting director or whatever. They're looking for another voice actor, for the next game like you do enjoy them as a friend but you don't want them to think that you only friends with them because they can offer you that but at the same time you don't want to be yes, like- <laughs> yes. oh my god yeah. okay so i have this huge problem so for a long time i was so terrified to ask for anything because mm-hmm. so many people that we know are already very established in their careers and i never want people to think that i'm using them for anything yeah you know it's so it's a weird hard. thing because, like, at the same time, it's like, yes, I would love to work with you on your next event or whatever that you have working as next, but I don't want you to think I only friends with you because I want to yeah. get that. Yeah. And because <laughs> the thing is, the thing, the real truth of it is, is that you are friends with them because, like, they're interesting and they're, like, good hearted. As I said, like, everybody's really kind and they're good hearted and, like, fun to work with. But then also they're interesting and they're into the same things that you are. And they just like you admire their creativity and their drive. And it's like it, mm-hmm. you are with your people, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, mm-hmm. you also don't want it's a it's a weird thing, right? I I sometimes <laughs> get in my head about that because yeah, I don't like I just like everybody that I know is so cool and I would never want. But here's the and- imposter syndrome coming in because they yeah. feel the same about you as well. No, but they, there's people feel the same about you too. They're like, oh my God, this Erica, you know, I want to be friends with her, <laughs> but I don't want them to think that I'm only friends with her because I'm trying to ladder climb her, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so like, you kind of like find your people that you mm-hmm. find your people and you're like, oh, this feels right. You know? Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times if people are ladder climbing, it comes out eventually, you know? Yeah. And it, it kind of, you, you figure it out. You find out who your ride-or-die people are. There's um, also people who are so new to doing that. I'm like, ah, you must be new at this whole ladder climbing thing. You're really right. obvious right now. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and so that's the thing. It's, like, treating, and just in general, like, you can't treat people like commodities or, like, for what they can do for you. Even in this town, mm-hmm. I, I hate I hated going to the parties, you know, the Hollywood parties. They always ask, they're like, oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's like shorthand of being like, what do you bring I to the table? Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, I would go to those parties and I'd ask, 
what do you enjoy doing? Because, mm. you know, that could be like, well, I love acting or something, because but it doesn't define you by what you do. Mm-hmm. Now, rock climbing. Right. Or like rock climbing, or, or sometimes you get an, an interesting answer of like their hobby, and then that's something way more interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you know, I work out too, you're crazy. Like, like your workout stuff always inspire me. Every time I see your workout posts on like on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever, I'm like, shit, uh, Erica's getting it. All right, Evan, I guess I have to work out today too. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been tough. Mental health has been tough in quarantine. And one thing that has been helping a lot has been working out regularly, mm-hmm. uh, getting endorphins and then also just like having it be a part of my routine, having a routine and something regular has helped a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm great, really grateful for working out right now. But I, I think the good, also, for, the good thing for me, like as a, I think it's a mix of both as an, both as an artist, also Chinese, the, the Chinese culture mixed together. I'm able to turn my, I guess, frustrations or like the imposter syndrome into motivation. More like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. it. Let me work harder at it. And that's time for working out right. as well for yeah. me. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you gotta, it's all a balancing act, you know? Like at some point, sort of my imposter syndrome and my sort of uh, like anxiousness to like do better sort of like drives me. But I also, sometimes it goes overboard and, you know, I then that, you know, I get anxious or like I worry about or I get imposter syndrome too bad or, you know, so it's, you really do have to sort of take care of yourself, you know, and that's something I'm learning in quarantine. It's weird because people are are saying like, oh, now that we're in quarantine, you kind of uh, don't have to do much. But then that's not the case because I still need to survive. I still need to build my career instead. That it's actually more work because there's no yeah. regular anymore. I need to find out what the next thing is and how do I adapt to this new, you know, new life. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still working a lot. I'm very, very, very privileged to be able to keep working for voiceover and like some D and D or like D and D games and hosting. Um, so I'm still busy, and that is a privilege. Um, good, good, but good. yeah, it's. it's yeah, I it's on top of you know, the normal everyday hustle for that and and you know, sort of the workouts and sort of creating content. Um you know, there's just this psychic burden, you know, of the weight of the world, mm-hmm. you know? And, and there's always something new every single day. You know, it's not just like Oh, it's just a pandemic. Nope. Next thing you know, we got another things going on. Next thing you know, there's murder hornets, and I'm not sure what's next. Earthquake. Yeah. Earthquake. The last few days. Some some other fresh horror. Yeah. And no, I'm I'm doing my best to try and want to be there for everybody and for the world. And you know, every day I try to do something for activism or to you know, outreach in the community, but, you know, also, like, gotta, also, it's also kind of a slog to just be human sometimes. You need to take care of yourself, yeah, I know. Like, I, I'm not feeling it this week, too. This week, I'm just feeling kind of, I don't know, just mentally exhausted. Yeah, uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I am in therapy, 
Um, and um, it's it's very helpful. And I I'm like a huge proponent uh, for uh, seeking help for mental health. Health therapy, um, normalizing it. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are. It's it's a privilege to be able to have time for it and have money for it. But there are other ways. You know, sliding scale. Um, Mm. sliding scale or hotlines or group therapy um it's it is manageable but it's a lot of hoops to jump through when you're not when you're having trouble yeah. functioning oh yeah definitely it. it's a it's a mix of all things like that's why a pandemic is not going to be easy for a lot of people yeah i know it's not just the illness it's sort of the toll that it's taking on everybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what else are you working on these I, days I, then um, uh, what else am I working on? Uh, work-wise, like career, like, like work um, project. Because you're on a film so, show and stuff too, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, let's see, what am I doing? Uh, I have, so I, I, again, like I've, I'm very fortunate in that like voiceover has stayed regular. Um, and I'm doing that. That's like sort of my main gig. Um, Occasionally, I'll have hosting so, jobs. So currently, let's say do so. Are you doing? Are you doing gigs after gigs, or are you doing a continuous show right now, or is it like a? Um, no, I don't have a continuous show right now, mm-hmm. um, which is actually kind of nice. Um, it it just sort of gives me up for a lot of other things, and I haven't streamed in a while, and I feel really bad on no. you know because I haven't streamed on my channel just things because things have been really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's why I don't have a schedule yet. You know, I feel like I shoot, but but here's the thing: every once in a while, someone be like, "Hey, Martin, uh, we need to get these photos done," or like, "Oh, hey, I need to shoot something." So then I, I I can't be free to like making sure I have a stream schedule. Right, and that's that's the thing is like sometimes auditions will come in and it's like we need this tomorrow, and mm-hmm. yeah, or sometimes like the other week, and it's it's again a privilege, but also stressful when like eight auditions come in at a time and you're like, Oh, I got to get through all of these in the next couple of days. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I've been so lucky to keep working regularly. Um, and then occasionally I'll have, you know, like, a a I'll guest on a D and D show or something. And you know, that's mm-hmm. always a real treat. Yeah. How long do you I think, think this is going to last? Like this whole new life <laughs> that we have? God, it's going to be a while. I, I have started to sort of mentally try and prepare myself for this to be a while. Um, I, yeah, then, again, the same thing, like, uh, why I haven't really had a schedule, because I was like, don't worry. I keep saying to myself, like, when this is over, when this is all done, we, this is what I'm going back and this is what I'm going to do. But I don't see an end date yet, so it's, it's scaring no. me. Yeah. No, and I think we all just kind of have to adjust to this. And you know, sort of be there for each other in what ways we can. And you know, I mean, I I have friends that are you know like gonna move you know out of the U.S. because they're like, well, you know, it's not doable. It's, yeah, yeah. And I I don't know. It's it is a scary time, mm-hmm. but also. In some ways, I, and I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, and there was a while that I was sort of shaky on this, but I still think that we're going to come out of this 
stronger mm. in some in some ways. Like it's gonna be an awful, terrible toll. And it's I don't know that it'll be worth it, you know, for the amount of life lost. But at the same time, we are also getting change and people are reflecting on things and you know I don't know that people would have had the time or the energy to focus on civic engagement you know voting and activism if it weren't for the fact that we were stuck at home so yeah that's a fun and interesting time because I I wonder if that activism would have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. Oh, and in people some, be too busy it, in their normal day life. I feel like the crushing reality of capitalism is that we don't have the time or the money or the sort of emotional space to think about politics as much. You know, when we're working 40, 60 hours a week to survive. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and it's just not. Yeah. It's and it's it's very easy to numb to things that doesn't concern you, that does not relate to you. So like, oh, there's anything on the news, and then you just walk away. Empathy is is another major point too. Um, it's really interesting to see. I mean, I always, I don't know, I always assume the best about humanity. I, I assume that That's people care enough about each other to do the right thing and to take the right steps and that progress marches on and that as time goes on, we just learn more and we get more empathetic and we make the world better. And I still kind of believe that um, mm. despite everything that's happening now. And I, I still think that I don't know that the internet is still a force for good and that we will come out of this wiser and and more empathetic I think that's kind of how it works like a presidential election as well too like you have to have certain precedent to get to the next one and if we didn't see the bad thing I don't think we'll get to the good thing yeah I uh I don't know. I think hope springs eternal for me. I, I, I still think that, you know, you hear about the younger generations and you see the statistics and, and as long as they actually vote, you know, all, our generation votes, I think. Mm -hmm. you know, it's very low. People who are age 15 to eight, 18 to 35, that group doesn't vote as much as they. But it's really weird because I feel like they're very loud on the internet. They're like the loudest one. Yeah. Uh, they're not the ones who are voting. Yeah, True. it's always important too, to realize that what we see on the internet is only a fraction of the real world. For echo know? chambery. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I don't know. I I still think that we can we can change the world for the better, and that it will be better coming out of this. Um, we'll have to make it that way if we get to that point we'll see oh <laughs> well, we'll get there we'll get there okay. yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of a green turn out to like huh self-reflect life yeah yeah pandemic 
can. And, and it's, it's funny because like we can't, we can't do small talk anymore. Like dating during this is like the, not the worst. I mean, it's, dating is the worst. I don't know. I don't know how to date at all. Like I'm, I'm like swiping every night on my phone and I'm like, yeah, sure. But like, even if I, if I do match up with someone that's very interesting, like how is this going to work out? How is that going to work? But then also when you like, even if you talk to somebody, it's like, impossible to make small talk because it's like mm-hmm. oh how was your day oh there's the crushing reality of, of uh pandemic you know, existence on my shoulders it's like how do you talk to people i don't know how to talk to people anymore martin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i mean yeah that, i mean that's the thing every time someone asks me like hey how are things it's really hard to say it's great like that's just right so <laughs> my friend and i have started saying like Things are bad. Things are real rough right now because it's, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie to somebody. Anybody who says things are fine is either a liar or a sociopath. I mean, right? So you could just yeah. say things are rough, but I'm hanging, yeah. I'm, I'm alive and best. hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we can hope for. Yeah. Like both, like, no, I was just joking the other day. It's like, oh, how's your day? Like, how's my day? Someone asked me like, you know, just have an existential crisis, you know, the fifth time this week, normal stuff, you know. And I think in some ways we can be honest about that because everybody's going through it and we can kind of be there for each other and sympathize and, and say, yeah, great. like there is no reason not to be vulnerable right now in this day and age because mm-hmm. everybody's going through it. Nobody's really okay. Yeah, it's that should be acceptable, like really acceptable. Like, yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> the world's okay. burning right now. Yeah, that's not okay. How are you? <laughs> but yeah no dating is rough career is weird like for me at least it's just like uh, yeah, i don't know where, yeah. where things are going so i'm just trying to see uh what's my we're taking it step by step right now yeah that's all we can really do and i think that's just what i've sort of designed myself to and and resolved to just take things one day at a time mm-hmm. yeah how does this affect the gaming world what do you think in a way, because like I know, no. is it better though for gaming uh, world? Video games, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, video games are going forward. I mean, there's some delays due to manufacturing and due to you know outsourcing issues, and but you know, I feel like it's one of the least impact. Editing. Yeah, it's one of the I mean, industry that's not being impacted by a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it has, and everything's going to be impacted, and that's. You know, a recession. Oh, definitely. But in comparison, I feel like it's not as crazy. I'm still getting the same number of auditions that I was before this. And um, games are still coming out. Updates Mm -hmm. are still happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we didn't even get E3, which was such a bummer. Understandable, but such a bummer. Um, But... You know, I feel like that is so much needed, like an E3, like after all this happened, like let's say, let's say from March to like what, July, let's say everything clear out, like only that part was a bad day. And then E3 does happen. Oh, that'll be such a good break from all this uh, bad thing. Martin, like I was so looking forward to E3 this year. This is my first E3 where I was like in the games industry, not, not a you pretender. know, like <laughs> Yeah, I had like big credits and AAA games. There's a couple of the games that are going to come out that would have had booths for me, like, and I would have gotten to go. Um, I would have, mm-hmm. I would was there. It was my first year there as like a gaming insider pro. 
you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, and, yep. And, like, I am friends with everybody. I was going to, like, I had, I was just, like, sort of adjusting to, like, I had a rough year before this. And so I was just <laughs> adjusting to, like, going back out and socializing with people. It was going to be great. And then. All your friends boom, and everything. Yeah. You know, partying, like, boom, COVID happened. But you know uh... what? We're going to come back stronger, more resilient, and more ready to party next year. Yep. That's, that's the plan. Hopefully, the next time I see you, we'll be at a convention where we get to party more and uh, drink more. No. It'll be so nice. Uh, sure. Next time, next one's on me. Next round's on me. We always say this. This is a problem. We always go to industry party. There's no next round on anybody. It's always free. It's always free. <laughs> I don't, I make that jokes all yeah. the time too because like I have friends who, we, we that was I forgot which event and they're like yeah yeah sure we'll go to the next party and then like uh whatever uh, next bar or whatever next drink I'll buy a drink I'm like sure we we'll go to the next party oh, we're industry and then we go to another party it's also industry party no one can buy any drink they can't take your money I mean they'll take your money for tips but they won't take your money for buying drinks yeah oh <laughs> yeah. boy <sighs> good time oh man I miss E3 so much now how dare you how dare you? I know. <laughs> Oh. 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 All right. Well, I'll try not to think about it and I'll see what's the next thing. What what month is? August? Uh, uh, freak. Okay. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't uh, think about it, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. That's really hard. That's why. I mean, I used to go to convention every other week. That was my daily live schedule. Like I normally have a suitcase out here at all time. Just there's no reason for no. me to put away a suitcase. You know, I'm traveling every other week to a convention. Uh, yeah. 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 It's changing the cosplay industry too. I was talking about that recently. Like, is is I I hope I can do some kind of like case study more specific to show like how this have impacted the cosplay world. How is it changing yeah. it as an industry? Um, again, as you said, it might do some good to it. You know, like it definitely gonna kill off something. But at the same time, it might make it stronger by changing it, adapting it to a different world. We'll see. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see what shakes out. And I hope that this gets fixed soon because, you know, it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> well, oh, well, we should also, like, next time I see you, we can also get some uh, shoot done. We always have some photo shoot idea. Surreal oh photo my shoot. Oh, God, stuff. I know. Let's do, let's do a shoot, Martin. Like, cyberpunk one. I got yeah. a cool sign. It's flipped. It's flipped in the image, but I got this cool mm-hmm. sign with my last name on it. It's not um, flipped for me. What's that? Really? It's not flipped for me. It's normal for me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe, oh, okay. Maybe it's just flipped for mine. Yeah. Okay. Because I am Chinese, so I can read it. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. Right. Sex Zhang. So it's uh, is this supposed to be your last name? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, it, the Japanese for the uh, Japanese pronunciation yeah. is E. So. Yep. So yeah. So I guess I, I can read it. So I'm like second. So like ishi. Yeah, it makes sense. So I'm like okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Erica Ishii, on Instagram at the Erica Ishii, um, and let's see. Oh yeah, let's see. Uh, tomorrow at twelve p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be doing a uh, cool thing for Gish, you know, the scavenger hunt uh, with Travis mm. McElroy and my friend Tanya and a couple of other fun friends. Awesome. That's great. That sounds fun. I'll try to tune in too. Yeah, I'll blast that out of my socials. 
right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Uh, of course, you can watch us again uh, on YouTube. You should listen to this maybe on Spotify, on iTunes. You can find us anywhere uh, on social media as well. Uh, thank you so much for watching, and I will see you all next.